This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 602, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I know I got a bad reputation, and it isn't just talk, talk, talk. If I could only give you everything you know I haven't got. I couldn't have one conversation if it wasn't for the lies, lies, lies. And still I want to tell you everything. Hello, welcome to my fanboy pick of the week, episode 602. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here alongside Josh Flanagan. What's up, fools? And Ron Richards. Hello. And we are from iFanboy. We read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book called The Pick of the Week. We talk about that book on the show, other books, a patron pick, maybe some listener mail. We have a good time, no matter where Ron's calling from. <laughs> I'm on the road. I'm sorry. Place. <laughs> no, I can't. I have a problem. Yeah, you do. I like to fly. Ron was a Rolling Stone. <laughs> spoiler warning. Here's your spoiler warning. That's it. That's all you get. This is a review show. There's spoilers. Ron, you had the pick of the week this week. So, Connor, are you going to stick around for this, or are you going to you going to step away for ten minutes? Unless this is about the Last Jedi, I don't really care. It's not. So it's then not. I'll, I'll be okay, right here. Good. Okay. So uh, this week, the pick of the week was Star Wars number thirty-six by I fanboy favorite Jason Aaron and Salvador La Roca, and uh, this was one of those cases where I, Star Wars is if not the first within the first five books I read every week when it comes out, because I I'm in immensely enjoying Jason Aaron's run. I, I, I like what he does with it. I like his take on the characters that that's, that's been stated. But, um, if you might remember over the span of past 10 issues or so, I've been periodically asking the question, what about the droids? What about the droids? But I do remember that. Yeah, because where where we left off in the story around issue twenty five was that 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 badass stormtrooper regiment had captured C three PO and R two D two had run away to go save him, and then we got lost in Yoda Yoda land and for ten issues or eight it felt like an eternity right and so seeing the cover nine hundred years old you reach see how long those issues take you. So seeing the cover of Star Wars 36 and seeing R2 R2D2 wheeling past uh, some stormtroopers had me uh, had me excited. And then I opened up this book and I saw that the the little crawl that they do on on the first page uh, had this issue titled "Revenge of the Astromech." And at that point, I went, "Oh, this is going to be good." And sure enough, it delivered. <laughs> so basically, what happens is is that R2D2 uh, stole an X-wing. And then made it shut and shut it down and was floating in space to the point where a star destroyer stumbles upon it and pulls it in with the tractor beam, and they take R two off of the X wing and then they send in a scanning crew to examine the X wing and it's probably about twenty pages of of R two D two ripping up shit on the on the star destroyer, which is fantastic. <laughs> and um, at the same time, there's like a little narr- there's a little narrator box going. That is giving background on astromech droids, explaining how astromech droids work and what they can do, and it's counterbalancing the opposite effect of you know like astromech droids are only for repairing ships, as we show R two. They're not they're not uh, offensive, as they show R two taking out stormtroopers with his little uh, zapper thing, right? And it's saying how they they never uh, bond to any other droids as he he stumbles upon C three PO, and just showing continuing that R two D two is uh, the 
not the average uh, droid. And uh, furthermore, R2 continues to be possibly the most effective a cast member of the entire classic Star Wars trilogy. Um, and I just... Oh, in terms of team members that you want, that's the guy who is him and Wedge. Yes. No, seriously, if, you, if you're like, listen, we need to take down this Empire outpost, you can take two people with you. I'm taking Wedge and I'm taking R2. Easy. 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 you got a third spot, Chewbacca, because he's getting right, shit yes. done. Agreed. I totally agreed. Right. So, um, in, in the this Star is, Wars... I'm sorry, wait, wait. This is the most uh, productive podcast we've ever done. <laughs> Star Wars. Right, right Star now, Wars, we've reached something. Star Wars fantasy draft. Right now, let's do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so basically, R two uh, is able to uh, create chaos on the Star Destroyer. Find C three PO, who has been um, is 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 binded to a table and has been declared that they've gotten all the information they're gonna get to him, and he's set to be uh, destroyed or taken apart. And R two saves them, makes their way back to the X wing. Flies out of the Star Destroyer <laughs> just in time for Vader to become aware of this. So Vader chases after him in his uh, in his Tie Fighter just in time for Luke and Han to swoop in and provide some cover fire and them to jump out the lights light, uh, light speed. This is like Star Wars porn, and I don't know as a, as a Star Wars fan, I don't know how I could pick any other book as pick of the week. So. Two, two questions: Can droids fly the? X-wings. That's one. Of the, that's one of the points that they're saying was that was that um, droids cannot fly X-wings by themselves, and that the little narration box is explaining that as R2 is yelling at C-3PO to calculate the jump to light speed because he's too busy flying the ship. Right. So the, yeah. the, the entire theme of the issue is that R2 that. has R2 has ex- exceeded past the limitations of an astromech droid. However, he's been able to do it. Well, maybe he's force sensitive. Who knows? Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole point is that is that um, you know it, it's the, the 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 issue kind of ends with them saying you know uh, to have realistic expectations of the capabilities of an astromech droid and time and time again R two exceeded those expectations proving again that he's one of the greatest characters in the Star Wars canon. Is he sitting yeah. in the cockpit r- moving the rudder and the and the yoke? And, no, no, I mean, he's in he's in a slot. He's in a see. Then I don't. In. That's that's baloney to me. But where does C three PO fall in the Star Wars draft? Dead last. Ah, that's a good question. Well, how deep are we going? Like, so you're talking rebellion, right? Yes. I got. I picked three PO before Crix Maydeen. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's, we just don't have enough information on what Maydeen did. Yeah, uh, he's got a higher ceiling. We don't. We don't what know about Dodonna. Something about that haircut on Crix Maydeen that bothers me. That part. <laughs> Dodonna. I would choose if I got if I got to rank the generals, I probably go Dodonna, Maydeen, Rican. Well, then, what Rican, about what about you? What about General Calrissian and General Organa? Uh, you got you got a lot of generals in there. Okay, let's be honest. There, there is Honor the battle to nabbed. There is the Honor battle to generals. <laughs> Oh man, we could just do an hour on uh, maybe the next hangout we do on Patreon hangout. Oh. We do the Star Wars fan draft. That's a good. That's idea. a good idea. Somebody That's write really that down before we forget it. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Um, but uh, but so yeah. So I mean, storytelling. This is and as we're coming to the twilight of Jason Aaron's run on when Star Wars. It, was this his last issue? I think it might have been. Oh, was this his last issue? Oh, I hope not. Maybe it is because I think Kieran starts in October and yeah, it's September. Given Jason Aaron's epic run now on the 36 issues of Star Wars, this was like as pitch perfect as it gets. It had the characters we love fighting the Empire, doing their thing, 
you know, and uh, a great kind of self-contained story, you know, locked, locked room, not mystery, but, you know, like R2 on a Star Destroyer just saving 3PO. Like, it doesn't, doesn't get any better than that. Um, my, my only hesitancy in making a pick of the week was that it's LaRocca on art and as we complained about. But there are pages on here where it's just R2 and, and Stormtroopers. We're like, oh, these are fantastic. And then you get to pages with the Imperial officers with the weird face thing that LaRocca does. But I'll be honest with you. I really studied those panels. Like I thought about it and like there's one close up for uh, like, well, I was on the plane for three hours. So definitely three hours. So like maybe total eight hours, you know? Yeah. Um, All right. So, but, uh, there's something there's something technical going on with these faces more than just fo- than than like specifically these faces in this issue. Josh, did you read this issue? Do you, do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, I, I I guess I do. I still don't like it because I don't like the way that I'm not even. It's not even the photo reference because whatever. I, we know we're in for it. We we're not going to keep yeah. eating that horse. There's a thing that's happening with the way that they're. Colored, Ren- rendered, or something. Yeah, I don't Ren- know what it it's, is. It's yeah. like a s- smushy, grayish, like p- melty Play-Doh thing. That well, that, and and the, and the coloring doesn't match their yes. uniforms or the other figures in the book. Like, I wonder if there was if he was doing the entire book in the style of the faces uh-huh. versus in the style of the drawings. Like, I feel like the two were conflicting and and yes, chat- because if you look, all of the sort of clothing and the backdrops and and even some of the hands are not they're pretty flat. Yeah, they're lines and and sort of a flat color with maybe a little bit of highlight, and then all of a sudden the faces have all these textures on them, so they pop out. It looks like the first ten years of CGI. Yeah, yeah. Like where not not specifically, but that feeling of there's something in this picture that does not match the rest of it, and right. it stood out to me a ton. It looks like it's like partial fumetti kind of. It's not attractive. It doesn't flow together. Um, but but for, I, for some re- some reason in this issue, I found like I I was looking at these panels oh. and I fa- I found them more intriguing than previous ones because these aren't. It's not. Harrison Ford or Carrie Fisher. These are, I don't know who these people are. And that, I don't know if that's, that's probably got something to do with it. I, I just looked up the preview know. page of it and you're right. It looks like yeah. a completely different art style. It looks like a painted art style for the faces. Yeah. And, and like the thing is like, it looks really like there's that one shot of an Imperial officer looking down. That's what I'm looking it's at. It's the yeah. middle panel. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that actually, I mean like I would read a comic all like that, but it, we, it looks like it doesn't fit with I the rest of that's the panel. Weird. It yeah. looks like somebody, yeah. Yeah, I, somebody I, I really pasted like a it. face on top of that. It doesn't, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's drawn. Yeah, it's weird. Something something weird about it. But the the story was so good that it over it overcame any of those obstacles in that regard. So I don't know. I loved it. It was fun. It was great to see R two just fucking shit up on 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 a star destroyer. Um, and yeah, Jason Aaron. How many years was this now? Well, hold on, like, hold on. He's got one more issue. Issue thirty seven. Oh, he's got one more issue. Three years. Not that guy. Issue issue thirty seven. Telling the story, the elite stormtrooper commanders of Scar Squadron are on their deadliest mission yet. Yeah, they're, they're, they they found the rebel base and they're going to attack. So, um, yeah, on Dantooine. No, I don't know if it's on Dantooine, but um, I just would like to see Dantooine just once. <laughs> That's just, the thing. So part of the fantasy draft is you have to pick your planet. You know After what? all these years, Ron, I just figured we would have we seen I just, Dantooine. I thought we would have seen Dantooine, yeah. No, no <laughs> I don't want to see Dantooine. I don't want to see anything else. That's right. <laughs> Come to my side. <laughs> like, like, 
Uh, not that. Not something. Not the. Refer- I don't want to see the Battle of Tanab. I don't yeah. want to see Dantooine. Just yeah. if you want to tell me a story that has nothing to do with that stuff, I'm kind of okay with it. But I, I'm tired of the filling in the blanks. I, I, yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know that the base they're on is at Dantooine. I don't believe it is. I just added that as color. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Star Wars thirty six. Uh, Jason Aaron. This this run has been so much so much fun. Uh, um, and this issue finally answered the question: What about the droids for me? It really is an issue of uh, – I didn't love this issue so much. I thought it was a little bit of fan jerk-off stuff, which people love. <laughs> you and Chris Eliopoulos are going to be super happy about it. Like it was really well done and everything. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's a badass. That's fine. I don't agree with a lot of what I'm hearing about this story. Um, <laughs> but – Which is why I'm not reading these no. books in the first place. Hey, listen. No, every I, now and, every now and then, every now and then you, want, you, want, you, want, you need a little release. That's okay. <laughs> it feels like basically like – if George Lucas had done this, people would be complaining about yeah. it like the Jets and making him fly. Yep. But like we like Jason Aaron, so we're I, I am more forgiving of what he does in this book, and I like it. And I think it is remarkably more successful than it had any right to be if anybody else had done it. His the thing I'm most impressed about is his uh his command of the voices, specifically Han yeah. Solo when he writes them. They they, you know, they sound like those characters, and that really goes a long way to sell it. You know, and this was was goofy and silly, and and it doesn't it does not offend me. I'm not. I'm like, oh, you should never do that. But you know, it, it's totally fan servicey, and and if you're into that kind of thing, then fine. It's exciting. I I get that. Well, talk about fan service. Generations Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel number no, one. No, 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 <laughs> Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. You wrote it wrong. Oh right. Oh sorry. Oh, that, there's the script error. I didn't realize it was Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. I just thought it was Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. <laughs> Listen, two Captain Marvels walk into a bar. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but I really want to hear the next part. <laughs> These aren't my Negabands. Um, those aren't Negabands. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> intelligence to figure that one out. <laughs> Right now, we're having more fun talking than I had reading this book. <laughs> yeah. Well, this – okay, so this was the, the – oh, but I thought this was important because this was the first Generations book that acknowledged anything going on outside of the issue on the first page when Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, says, one minute I'm about to tell Steve Rogers – you know, I'm about to tell off Steve Rogers for giving U.S. captains a bad name, and next I'm where? Like, so it so, – I'm of the belief that they started Generations not knowing what when that moment was, and this is the first one that knew that. That's my extrapolation from it. Well, maybe. Or they just waited to reveal it until after it got revealed in Secret Empire 10. But either yeah. way, now that we know this is essentially useless fodder, yep, and not, and the pro- I'm fine with useless fodder if it's compelling, but there's nothing really compelling about this, other than the fact that Captain Marvel's awesome sideburns go over his mask somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I found nothing compelling with this, and I thought Brent Schoonover was who was artist I like was badly miscast for this issue. Well, I thought I, I and I, I had a I had an issue with the art. There were some pages that were fantastic, yeah. And there were other pages that were like it, I was like, is this to say like did he have help or something? Like the faces would be spot on and great on one page, and then not good on the next page. Um, and I know he's a really great artist. The 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 flashback page with all the Kirby style art was awesome. Yes. Um. But yeah, I thought I thought the art was a little inconsistent for my tastes. 
and I, but and the story wise, I just thought it was it, it was just weird. It was oh the double page spread also with the history of Captain that Marvel was the that best, was really that was the best sequence, yeah. our sequence. Yeah, that was that was good. It had good moments. Story wise, these just make no sense because it's not even like there's any any value that comes from the meeting. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. more of a reminder of you know what I mean. Like it's not like it's not like the character was in some position of conflict, and this little flashback and reengagement with the legacy character gave them the piece they need to go deal with a problem. Like it never that never happened. It was just like, hey, we're gonna team up. See you later. You know, and it just yeah, it just is pointless. That's a, for a story to be compelling, it has to either move some sort of plot forward or it has to reveal something about a character, and it doesn't do yeah. either of those things. Uh, it right. just sort of it sort of happens, and then we move on. And so, I don't even know if I want to keep reading these because this was this was. Oh, I'm reading them all, but it's out of out of uh, out of a train wreck amusement. This, this was just bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So I had a revelation about Dark Knight's Metal Number Two while I was reading it. I'm wondering if it was the same one I had. I don't think it it will be. I don't think so. I think that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and Jason Glapion, FCO, Placencia, and, and me, I think we're all on speed. We're all on some sort of amphetamine. And we're riding this, really? we're like, riding this thing. Because this is like this, a strange 100-mile-an-hour story that, that, that gives you no help or context. But I find myself enjoying. And I think it was the moment when Baby Darkseid showed up and I went... All right, I'm just going with it. I will give you credit that Baby Darkseid was a moment that I enjoyed. I was like, Baby Darkseid, and I thought that was great. <laughs> and also Batman's bat-shaped headlamp. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I don't like this. <laughs> I, I, there were moments in it that I enjoyed. I think the art is great. I think I, I mean I know Scott I, I know Scott really works on story and comes from prose and stuff like that, but there were some pages where I was like, oh, this is just a lot of words. You know, like there you know, and I I like the I like the crazy concept of baby dark side and I liked, you know, all this other stuff, but like all the metal stuff and the explanation of actually what's going on had me just going, Oh, this is not anything that I think is, you know, I don't know. I, I'm I wanna see more of how Dream is playing into it and I wanna see more of how this if this ties into Doctor Manhattan or whatever. I'll keep reading it, you know, but it, it just I wasn't I wasn't as excited by the end of this. He told me that as in Comic Con that this has nothing to do with the Watchmen. Oh, okay, cool. I think it's part of the problem with DC right now. We'll talk about this later with action comics or everything. Watchmen's a uh, shadow over everything right now. Right. I don't totally understand what's going on. I, I see how it's playing into his entire run of Batman, but this feels like we all got injected with meth, and now yeah. he's telling me a story. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, and then what? Okay. And then, you know, it's just Which nuts. 100% works if you are into what's happening, mm-hmm. and I can get behind you on that and say... If this is what's making you happy, the same way that if R two D two Wrecking House is making Ron happy, then that's great. But I I, I got to the end and I went I, I don't know who I'm trying to fool here, but I, I don't care about this. That's fine. I mean, yeah. like I just it's it's it is not for me. And that page of uh, you want Bruce Wayne look around a bunch of ugly things I'm looking at, and I thought I'm out. I don't care. I just make Dark Side. Not like okay, he's a baby. It's fine. 
I don't know why. Listening. But he's sitting there. He's sitting there trying to grab the the metal flash. He's got his hands. Yeah. Up. Nope. Fine. <laughs> it just I don't need to read it. I don't. I, you can have it. You can enjoy it. I I wish everyone luck. But I'm gonna go ahead and step away now. You want to know my biggest problem with the issue? And this is me what? staying right on brand. Is that uh, so? At one point, these demonic robins show up wearing the original Robin costume, which does not exist in this continuity. Interesting. According to the New 52, that costume never existed. I'm glad somebody's keeping track. I'm keeping track because no one at DC is. <laughs> I, I see I see the, the meth, the speed kind of thing, and that, that kind of goes with metal, though. I mean, like, if the theme of this is, you know, devil horns, metal, and all this sort of stuff, there's a, there's a speed metal aspect to it. Yes. So that, there's that, a driving metal base underneath this. Yeah, I like that as a as a craft standpoint. So, okay, cool. All right, so now I'll step aside and let you guys rave about Mr. Miracle number two. Wait, what does that mean? Did you know I, I thought it was all right. I just didn't think it was. I didn't. I don't think it's the God's greatest gift to the earth. I don't think this, this issue was either. But it doesn't mean. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, don't, I don't need. To, you don't need to be that antagonistic towards it. I'm not being that antagonistic for it, but like I read it and I kind of went, oh, "All right, let me see." Like this is the book I'm supposed to love, and I thought I thought the first issue was a lot better. Um, so that it's still mean, good. That's I, fine. I, yeah, yeah, but I, I just you know I, I and I don't know. I just the the new god stuff. I, I found myself you know so you know in the issue the whole issue basically takes place in New God Land right where where what planet is it on Connor or what is it We had this problem last time. Yes, as right. soon as you say it out loud, Ron, it disappears from my brain. New Genesis, yes. New Genesis, Genesis or or Apocalypse. Yeah, well, they're on New and, Genesis. Yeah. And I felt as if there were a lot of a lot Both. of twists going on, but I didn't quite understand the twists. So, I mean, like I know, like I had very politely demurred on some of the past books that we talked about, and I think Ron, your yours your assessment is fair, but also go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. No, uh, I'd say uh, this is one of those things. Like I know about Apocalypse, I know about the New Gods. I am not an expert, but I I've always found it kind of fascinating. So this sort of Magnus, magnifying glass on some of this stuff I find really interesting. This scene where where I'm actually trying to understand how it works that Granny Goodness you know had raised them and how that works and they they have a like a meal together where they they agree to have some jello but then there's a man being tortured at the table. Yeah, it's I didn't just Oh, it's yeah. wondrously fucked up. I was like, I want to know everything about what is happening here. Well, she she raises the kids to turn them into yeah. into the apocalypse soldiers. So she did the, the female furies, which is what Bar- Big Barda was before she fell in love with Scott. Yeah, I like that, and and it, it, I don't even I don't even need that part explained. But like, so I like the contrast of how big all of that is with the fact that like they can't figure out how to make the shower work, and they're just covered in goop, <laughs> and and like you get like these weird back mo back like. I don't so much want the realistic superhero thing, but for some reason when Tom Tom King does it, he does it really well and I'm into it. Because it doesn't feel like you're explaining how the Batmobile worked. He's just thinking about how these minds must work. It, what, what it must be like in their quiet moments. And, and it can backfire really badly, but I find it really interesting. Which I think has a lot to do with just sort of the voice of the writer. Um, and then you combine that with the, the fact that the writer and artist gel so well together. Boy, that that shot of uh, of Mr. Miracle putting the bit of Jello into his mouth—I could look at that all day. It was weird and creepy. I know it was like the three panels there, right in a row. 
is, you know, like digging into the spoon. He puts it in his mouth, but his eyes are open. So he's looking up and he's listening to what she's saying. And the next panel is, you know, the tortured, tied up dude who can't eat anything. And then the panel after that is Granny Goodness with what is clearly a mouthful of jello. <laughs> and who eats jello on a flat plate? It's very, it's so odd, but in a way that, that is appealing to me. So whereas before I said in, in metal, I was like, this is stupid and I don't like it because it's weird. This is weird. And I do like it. And I couldn't tell you what the thing separating the well, two of that, them is. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a, that's a delicate balance that happens. Right. You know, it's like, like what, what makes something that's weird, intriguing, or what makes something that's weird, uh, you know, kind of, uh, distasteful, not distasteful, but like kind of turns you off on it. It's gotta be that right balance. Of, you know, cause we all know, like, I love the weird, you know what I mean? I love stuff that's, that's totally out there. I'll, I'll give, I'll give, uh, Mitch, uh, Jared's credit. Like the, the art, it, the art is great. You're right. I mean, the, the level of detail, to go ahead and give Mitch Jared's credit. So yeah. And the, 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 the nine panel grid is working fantastically. You know what I mean? Cause you get, you're getting moments like that because of the, the constrained layout. One of the things I think the, is the best about this book is the rhythm of it, and that comes from the nine yeah. panel grid. And he, he he has yeah. a really there's a, there was one sequence that I read out loud because the rhythm of it was so good. And I can't find it, but um, it, the dialogue really. I mean, it's all it's it's it's, it's rhythmic. It's rhythmic. <laughs> also, uh, the the I mean, there's that not, again. There's it's nine. It's not like he hasn't done this. This has been in all yeah. of his work. So you know, yeah. it's one of those like you know what this album is going to sound like when it comes out. It's not going to be – it is what it is, and if you like it, then you're good. It's, an, it's like a no-effects album. Like It's going to sound like that. But there's the panel where uh, it's lit by candlelight, and, and Mr. Miracle is talking to Barda, and then like in the middle panel, the fifth one, she gets bludgeoned in the face yeah. by Barda. That's just, that's just magical. It's really – it's great. I mean from a story standpoint too, as someone who, who loves the New Gods, I really liked yeah. – the opening sequence. Because the thing about Scott Free is that he's often not shown to be the badass that he is. He's often the guy who right. doesn't want to get involved. He doesn't want to have. The, he doesn't want to get involved in the big fight, the big battles. He he likes being a uh, escape artist. But here, he's basically on the front lines of this war with Apocalypse, and he's being sent to front after front after front. And he has to. Be. He's Apocalypse's son, or he's, I mean, he's Darkseid's son, right? So he's high father's son raised by Darkseid. So he's, he's a super badass. So here he's. That's why he's covering the goop of the blood of the of the uh, parademons. He's just constantly just destroying everybody. And that was great because you never see it. And then you contrast that with the very next scene with the intimate, you know, time at home trying to figure out the shower because we're covered in blood scene, which was fantastic. And then it ended with with Barda, who has a lot of issues with Granny Goodness because she, you know, uh, raised her, which probably been a lot of abuse, uh, possibly beating her to death. So uh, this was great. I I, I, this I, I really like it, but I absolutely understand if you didn't. That, that's kind of where, like, I really, this is very much for me, whereas, whereas some of the other ones weren't. Yeah. I also wonder where Mitch comes down on the GIF-GIF controversy. GIF-GIF. And also, as we saw with the vision, a lot of the things that don't make sense in the beginning make sense by the end. I agree. And it was the same with uh, Sheriff of Babylon. Yeah, we'll find out. But I, I think this has been great so far. Yeah. Yep. All right. I thought we'd put this book to bed, Ron. It was funny because once again, you know, with a Marvel event, they just can't. They just can't seem to can't end it. Can I? And can I just? Can I point out? I was so excited to read Secret Empire Omega that it does not. It does not gel at all with how I felt about the end of that series. Which is weird, right? But you actually <laughs> well, feel exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do. I, like, do. I read it first. I was like, all right, let's see what's up next. Yeah. 
But yeah, so Secret Empire Omega, and this has got art by Andrea Sorrentino, which really made me wish that he had done the entire event. Like it was a that, monthly event just by him. That would have changed everything. Everything, right? Everything. Absolutely everything. So this is the, you know, it's over, but it's not. Basically with Steve, with good Captain America visiting Hydra Captain America in his prison cell and having a long discussion about the ramifications of what they've done and – you know, and it's kind of just dealing with the fallout of the world that we're in, and kind of, yeah, it's a requiem, right? And I thought, it's the I thought same it was, as the Civil War requiem, the, with where Tony Stark and Steve Rogers had that conversation. It's the same thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, we always have to have this now, right? And so I, I thought it was a really great. I mean, it was. I thought Nick Spencer scripted it really, really well. The you know the kind of conversation between the two and the the motivations and the justifications and like you know Hydra Steve complaining because Cap Steve was saying you know that you know you're going to be here until we put you on trial and he's like on trial for what I I did everything I was given this, this power like he explains how he worked the system. You know, and then and then also with the you know putting the the sense of doubt in the world and and now the what Captain America has to deal with like the example of like you know clearing out the wreckage and he found a kid who was buried he put his hand out for him and the kid kind of recoiled and like that puts Captain America in a very interesting place where he has to regain the trust you know so I think whether or not the execution of Secret Empire was well done or not I think where the characters end up is in a very interesting place. And ultimately, just there's a couple of double page spreads by Andrea Sorrentino. Like I'm looking at the one that's got the green mm-hmm. uh, Hydra activity going on while they're that's talking diagonally the, down. That that page, those two pages are amazing. With the covers behind it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, or that the, one or with the, the panels. Co- with the cover. No, I'm I'm looking at the one where there's uh, planes that are dropping bombs. It's after oh. the after the Beast Emma conversation where there's okay. the Arc the Triumph and there's uh oh, there's oh. bombers dropping bombs. Arc the what? Yeah, he, he does Arc not pronounce French. It's not his. It's fine. Arc de Triomphe. So. Triomphe. Yeah. Um, yes. No, absolutely. Like, there was a lot. I, I really love that first two-page spread right after the credits right. page. Um, yeah. Just because it made me feel things. My, I, I have a criticism. I, I enjoyed reading this. I'm not going to I had fun with it. But the whole time right. I was thinking that one of the problems with this, this series the whole way through is that I don't found – I didn't find Hydra Steve believable. Because they were yep. trying to walk the line of of he's the same guy and acting like that, and I didn't find that anything he said in here sounded like Steve Rogers to me. So if he is the same guy, it, like they just kept going back and forth with he's like I didn't want to hurt anybody, but you will see how the weak is how the weak are being destroyed. Like it it doesn't quite it's not cogent quite. It feels it's, like it's not some, adding it's not adding up for you. It doesn't like he doesn't feel they haven't picked a side, and, and the, the the problem is that. You can't make Steve Rogers into that thing and say he's the same person because that is antithetical to Steve Rogers. Right. And it does not work. And it, it's like cognitive dissonance for me. And I, I, I it's, it's interesting as an exercise to see him try to do it, though. Right. And, and maybe that's sort of the challenge of doing it and sort of the, the academic exercise of it. But it doesn't. As someone who didn't read this, event and who's who they want to be reading Captain America. I am not at all interested in a story where he has to regain the trust of the people. Uh, yeah. Well, is, I think is, that's an interesting I think that's an interesting place to build up from. Sure, I don't but think, I, I, don't I, I think this Marvel's yeah. problem yeah. is they're constantly making their heroes yeah. and villains and that's just not a that's just not a story I'm into. I, I do like the I, I like the idea of the constant of Steve Rogers as the dependable thing. Yes. The same thing with Superman like he's the but one But it's gotten boring, but it gets boring though. I not mean for me, me that get, that, that gets boring. Yeah. 
No, and, and I understand that point of view, but I feel like you can do that with lots of different characters. You can do that with Hawkeye all day and night. Right. Um, or Tony Stark. Yeah. They've got enough of that. Like, have Steve Rogers be that guy and just tell rad adventure stories. You know, that's what always, that's what we remember. Right. You know, we remember, that's not what, if you think about the best Captain America stories, it's not that. It's it's Mark Wade. It's, it's you know, Brubaker. It's, you know. Yeah, it's the adventures, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kicking Nazis. So hopefully you know, that's like, well, not what Wade Insomni's book is about, because I don't want to read that. Yeah. I want to I want him punch people. I don't think so. Punch people who look, need punching. We'll see. Those are the guys who took, I mean, it wasn't Somni at first, but those are the guys who took Daredevil and just said, forget all that stuff. Yeah, just, we're going to tell this fun adventure. Yeah, the yeah. swashbuckling kind of thing. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, I don't know. With Secret Empire behind us, I would like to see Andrea Sorrentino on something big and consistent. That, that's my you know takeaway from Secret Empire. He's, I'm not going to say he's new. But he's new. No, he's, he's exciting. He's an exciting new uh, mm, voice. He's a, he's yeah, well, I mean, he worked with, he worked he's with, been around you know, Yeah, he's been around for since 252. I know he, that. He, but... did the, he did Green Arrow with Lemire, and then they did, and then he was on Old Man Logan. Like, he's been, and he's done, he did some, some X-Men stuff with Bendis. Like, he's been kicking around, but he's due to be a name on a lead on a I'm major getting. book. On a major right. book. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Like it, it's it's his time. He's one of the interesting voices that has the chops 100%. And, yeah. and it would be good to see a nice run under underneath that name. Yeah. Real quick break to remind you that the iFanboy store has launched, the t-shirt store, iFanboy.threadless.com, where we have five shirts, two classics, iFanboy and the Herm shirt, as well as two new designs, the Pick of the Week podcast shirt, the ratings shirt, which I just saw show up on Instagram. Ratings. And the new shirt, the new hot off the presses, flying off the shelf shirt, if one is Electro, don't ask us to explain it. The shirt doesn't explain it either. But fanboy.threadless.com, and not only shirts, but you can get those designs on any kind of product that Threadless sells. So go check those out there. Fanboy.com slash support is where you can find the Amazon link. That's where you do your Amazon shopping. It's, it's almost the holiday time. I'm, I can only imagine we'll start seeing Christmas commercials soon. Do your holiday shopping. Fanboy.com slash support through Amazon. And we thank you very much. Also, there's a direct donation button for PayPal there again. If you need to dump cash before the end of the year, that's where you can do it. Fanboy.com slash support. Finally, patreon.com slash fanboy. That's where you can help us out directly. That's where you can vote on the patron pick. That's where you can become involved in the monthly patron hangouts. We just had one last week. It was fun. A lot of fun. We are hovering around the four dollars to $500 mark for the monthly non-comics media podcast. So if you feel like joining up at the end of the year to add a new podcast to our slate... Please do that over at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Thank you very much for everybody who engages in all of those things to help the show keep going. I'm hoping that happens. I'm looking forward to that. I yeah, like that's something that we actually want to do. Yeah, so help us help you. Yeah. Help us help you. Or I help, believe it's help you help you, us. You help us, yeah. Okay, help us. Good. Help us, please. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. <laughs> help Oh. All right, so uh, the Flash number thirty. I started reading the two. Well, two comments about this. One full issue by Neil, Neil Googe. Great job, Googe. Googe. Ah, I don't agree with that, but continue. I I, I like. I, well, I just like that there was just one artist, you know, because they've been well, doing sure, multiple. Well, sure, but so, you know, so he draws I, Barry I, on with with a seventeen head. And he makes true. him look like he's 45 years old. I still like that. It's fine. I thought he looks great. I thought in costume, he looks good. But anyway, uh, two thoughts. I started reading this book thinking I don't really like the direction with this negative speed force shit that's going on. And by the end of it, 
I was excited, like, oh, we got a new villain, we got a new rogue, we got somebody who's trying to be a rogue. It felt very flashy, and yeah. I know I know we're going somewhere, and by the end of it, I like started going, ah, I don't know how I feel about this, and ended, we're going, all right, I like where we're going. It, the, the issue brought me around. I would like to get to the point you're at, because right now I don't like this at all. Yeah. But I get it, but I don't like it. Fair enough. Okay. So Action Comics 986, is that right? 987, is that correct? Uh, yes, that's yes? right. Sure. I just hit the wrong, opened the wrong book on my iPad, so that's why. I was no confused. problem. 987 is the right number. So the biggest problem DC has right now is that once they did the Rebirth issue and they instituted the Watchmen connection and they teased all this major stuff happening with Watchmen and then let it die, everyone now assumes that anything important or secretive is having to do with Watchmen. We talked about it earlier with... Yeah. Every last page reveal. Yeah, with Metal. And the same thing yeah. with, with Superman, because we know Superman's going to have a big involvement with Watchmen, so he's been dogged by this character called Dr. Oz, and I gotta believe they did that name on purpose. So people thought maybe this was Osmandius, or maybe this, what did this have to do with Watchmen? Turns out, nothing. I groaned when they revealed who it was. So we'll see if that's I actually... I could see why you would do that. We'll see if it's actually Again, true. just like Steve Rogers, I was like, ugh. So either it's real, and then it's stupid, or it's not real, and it's not interesting. Right. Who... Who was it? Jor-El, who somehow survived uh-huh. the planet exploding, and he's got all a fucked up face, and he, he doesn't like Earth because we're... Listen, a lot of his ideas, while radical, not necessarily wrong about the state of the, wor- oh, the world on Earth, but uh, <laughs> he, he says Earth is, Earth, is no, Earth is not good enough for his son, and uh, so now he's, I don't know, going to do something. But I was racing towards the end because I really wanted to know who this was because I've been enjoying the storylines, and... And uh, it was a groaner of a reveal. Groan. Victor Bogdanovic is great, though. Yeah, he's really good. I, I, don't, I didn't read this, but I, 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 I do enjoy his work from what I've seen. Yeah. I liked it. Black Science 31. So I, I had this thought about it. I was reading another series, uh, a couple of series. Like I'm reading one that's on about issue 26, and uh, the, why I'm being vague will make sense in a second. And then another one that was on issue 11 or 12, a couple of image series. And I thought to myself... Oh, you've kind of blown your wad. Hmm. Where I thought, you know, like, I get it. Your concept was good. It was interesting for a little while. But now it's just, now we have to do something with this. And they're trying to figure out what. And I and then I went read Black Science number 31. And I thought, I've never felt like that for one second with this book. Yep. And I just wanted to appreciate that. And we all know about Matteo Scalera and, and what he needs to do. But Oh, hold on. Let's let's addend that to... Um, addend? Marie, or amend that to uh, Marino Denisio, the colorist. Okay. I agree. Yeah. That first page, the sort of the painted fall leaves and the stream. I mean, that's real nice. It's a really nice page. Yep. Matthias Claire, obviously, he's the he this, is the chairman emeritus of you have to stop it. But you should not. You have to knock that shit off yeah. right now, Italiano. <laughs> um, hey, is that, a, is that an offensive thing I said? I don't know. It's just like it keeps zigging and zagging and swerving, and I'm 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 not bored. Haven't been. I look forward to it every single time it comes out, and that is that is not nothing. That's a big deal. So can That's we guess the other two books? Yeah, it was uh, Birthright and Curse Words. Okay, All right. I got one of them. Birthright, like Birthright, was fine. I like it. It's really good. But I, it's like I'm in the middle. It's been a long time now. I'm like, all right, get to the next thing. Curse Words, I enjoy, but also like right now, again, get to the next thing. I never have that. I haven't had that feeling with Black Science. It just moves too fast. Doesn't give you the chance. And I trust also, I mean, there's a little like I trust that I know what the arc is going to be and it's not going to be too long. 
I don't feel like Rick Remender is a person who's ever strung me along for longer than he needed to. Maybe except for that Captain America on weird Planet Z or whatever it was. But even that was so wacky, it was fun. All right. I just like being there. All right. And then finally, a quick follow-up on a former pick of the week, Mech Cadet U number two came out, and this just continued to be delightful. Well, the news from last time is that it got upgraded from miniseries to ongoing. Which is fantastic. And I hope Tashiki Miyazawa uh, will stay on the book because I think a lot of the charm is to do with his art. Yeah. But someone asked me recently what, what I should be reading. It's someone who likes big robots. And I said, Mech Cadet U, although just be aware, it's a totally an all-ages book, but it's yeah. super fun. And so we're, we're now we're deeper into like the training. So the, we're dealing with the the rejection of the other cadets of, of uh, uh, what's his name? I don't even know the main character's name. Stanford. Stanford U. Stanford. So if you recall, he's the janitor's son who got selected to, to pilot one of the mechs by the mech itself. The mech chooses its pilot. And so he's having some assimilation issues as he's been joining the school. And there's, there's something about his mech. And I know, I know what buttons, buttons is pushing in on me. Like, like I said, this is very Pluto kind of adjacent. Yeah. But uh, his mech specifically, the design is very similar to the robot in Real Steel. <laughs> and 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 I can't even think about Real Steel without getting choked up, right? So I think I think that's definitely playing into it a little bit, which is fine. I'll I'll gladly take that uh, that influence. All right. <laughs> So that's it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's ongoing. I want to keep reading about it. But uh, yeah, so those are the books that we read this week that we enjoyed. But every week, as Connor mentioned, our patrons uh, are allowed to vote on a book to make us read. Luckily, this week it was a book that I was going to read anyway. And the patron pick is Runaways Number One by Rainbow Rowell and Chris Anka. Gentlemen, what did we think of Runaways? I read it anyway. I had read it before the voting began. Yeah, um, so did I. I liked Runaways quite a bit, uh, and I didn't know what I would think, but I quite enjoyed it. I, I thought it, it was like these characters sounded authentic to them. It was later on, and things had changed and happened. I liked that uh, she was just sitting around in her apartment, you know, kind of kind of waiting for whatever the next thing was. And it was, to me, like one of those big 60s Marvel, like, shows up in your apartment, like, hurry up, let's fix this. And so all of a sudden, it was it was sort of off and running. I'm feeling like you're both not going to say that. I thought it was a disaster of a first issue. <laughs> Unless you know these characters intimately. Okay, this, fair there's, there's no information here. There's no context for yeah. any of these people. I can and see I'm, that. And I'm going to fall in between the two of you in that I thought it was a nice... It was, oh, like, like this, these are characters that would be nice to you know return to and visit with. And then by the end of reading it, I felt kind of... Uh, kind of similar to Josh, how you just mentioned, where I'm like, oh, you've got, there's nothing left to say with these characters. There was a real time and place for them. Yep. And now that I think about it, I think, Connor, I think your your observation is absolutely accurate in that unless you were a longtime Runaways fan, you have no idea what's going on in this book. Yeah. And I, I barely did. I mean, it's been so long since Runaways has been on. And, and, you know, yeah. it felt like one of those things, like it was a Brian K. Vaughn project. It should have been left alone. Even the, even the follow-ups by Joss Whedon, and it wasn't it also... Uh, uh, did Terry Moore do one? Or am I thinking of a different different? <laughs> yeah, Terry Moore did do one. Yeah, no people. Yeah, no. Joss didn't. Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon was I the mean, second writer. Joss Whedon. Yeah. Yep. Even yeah. those writers, it just all. It always felt like it was a Brian K. Vaughn idea. He should just let him have it and don't worry about it anymore. Yeah. But you can't do that yep. with IP, I guess. But I just I thought this was rough, really rough. Yep. 
Uh, I thought the art was good. I like Chris Anka on, on art-wise. I thought it looked good. But yeah, I just thought from a story uh, is rough. So, all right, ratings, ratings. Two. Ratings. I'm going to give it a three. Taking Connor's comments into account, I'm going to go with three and a half. All right, sticking with it? No. No. Yes. All right. Well, that's unusual for Josh to be the yes in this. I, re- yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I enjoyed the, being with the characters. I thought the voices were pretty spot on. So it, seeing as how I do know what came before it, I was cool with that. I was always happy like when these characters showed up in like Avengers Arena and stuff. Yeah. That they, they, they worked well there. I, the you, fact is, I mean, I get the sense you want to believe. I do, oddly enough. Yeah. And I didn't at first. Like, I didn't want to read that book. I didn't want to like it. And then as they keep coming up, I, I think, oh, that make me happy. So while I think that the quote-unquote runaways story – is over. I think there's definitely room for these characters to be developed and take a bigger stage. You know, like, like they're good characters to develop and have something new to do in Marvel. I'd be fine yeah. if like one of them joined the Avengers or. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, but I don't know as a team. Right. It may be more interesting that they've grown up and moved apart from each other, and now they're sort of just in the world. Um, yep. But it's kind of the same way the Young Avengers are. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I don't know. That's just yeah. me. I could be wrong. So as we mentioned before, in addition to voting on the Patreon book, you can join at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Give it the $5 level and get your own superpower. Everybody can thank some of our patrons by giving them a superpower. This week, our first patron is Eric Eilerson. And uh, I didn't mean to pronounce his name that way, but Eric can see where people are looking. Please go on. What I mean by that <laughs> is he sees in sort of an infrared way the cone of vision coming out of everyone's head. So, mm-hmm. like, if he sees the back of your head, he's, he can tell if you're looking up, if you're looking down, looking to the side, looking to the right, because he sees sort of a co- vision cone. Okay, this is, where this, this is what's in this guy's vision right now, which could be helpful when sneaking around. He can see when he's going to – he could be spotted or not, but uh, – mm-hmm. And it's something he can turn it on and off. It's not like he sees it all the time. They'll drive him crazy. But he can turn it on and he can see. And it's also sort of color-coded. So, like, the the peripheral vision is sort of in, like, a lighter shade. And then the, the, the main vision is in the, the sort of a, a more intense shade of color. So, f- for instance, he would see right now my computer monitor in this sort of, you know, intense yellow. And then sort of my peripheral vision would be the rest of this room I'm in that I can see. So he can see what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go. Cool. All right, uh, Mike Yun. I want to thank him for uh, being a patron of my fanboy. And Mike can shoot lightning bolts from his belly button. What kind of lightning bolts? How powerful? Like, like Thor, like Thor lightning bolts. Like someone like he can take out a bus. Yeah, they not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and then like part of it is that his defined motor control of his core muscles to control how big or wide or, or strong the, the lightning bolt will be. He's got some level of control there, but uh, you know, kind of like Cyclops optic blasts, but lightning bolts, belly button. Interesting. And so, the stronger he's in his core, the more control he has. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so do those sit-ups, Mike. Yep, there it is. All right. Well. Charles Lindquist uh, has the ability to instantly know how smart anyone he's talking to is. So he instantly knows, oh, I'm wasting my time, or I should probably listen to what this person's saying. Like, on what level? Like an IQ number? Yeah, does he know, like, oh, he's got an IQ 200, or he's just like, oh, that guy's smart? 
She's got an intuition about it. I mean, my, originally my thought was that he would look and he would see like the IQ number above his head, but I feel like that's a flawed system. So he just right because because I feel like that's an artificial that that's a that's an yeah. arbitrary kind of a, a man made kind of thing, right? You know, like, oh, someone yeah, didn't do well in their IQ test. I did fine. <laughs> but you just know you know somebody else who did, and you're like, there's no way that person is smarter. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's no. That's no. It's it's more. It's 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 more uh, wishy washy than that, unfortunately. Okay, it's the feeling. It's a feeling. Yeah, it's it's uh, okay. No, this is a moron. Like he just yeah. tell. Maybe it's a color thing. Like Maybe. like the more. Whoa story. whoa whoa! No, not like whoa. that. Hey. No, like 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 it's like a meter. There's like you know, red is do not listen to them. Right. You know, bright green is oh, this is this is a smart cat. All right. <laughs> this is not a eugenics discussion. <laughs> Oh God Almighty! Richard Cleveland. Uh, Richard Cleveland's also his superhero name because Richard Cleveland, he knows every square inch of Cleveland. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like you show like, him. You I show don't him, like when we interpret the the name as the power. <laughs> that's his superhero name. You show him a picture of the ground in Cleveland, he can tell you exactly where that is. Right. He knows Cleveland like the back of his hand. All right, and and uh, hopefully he's at those ball games. And the thing too. is, he's not even from Cleveland. <laughs> Has he ever been? Never been. He just wow. knows. In his mind, he's been. He knows it all. He knows every bit of it. All right. Well, thank you guys for supporting iFanboy, and go to Patreon.com/slash/iFanboy to sign up for your uh, to get your patron power. And we are we're working down the list, man. We're getting there. We are getting there. We're one year in now, so we we're halfway yeah. through the list. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you want to take some uh, some emails? You want to do some questions? Let's do them. Andrew from Santa Cruz. With Jason Aaron leaving Star Wars, I'm wondering what your overall thoughts are on the Marvel Star Wars line. What have been your favorites and what do you still want to see? Connor, are there Star Wars books you see yourself wanting to read? Timely email. I thought this was a timely email and appropriate given the pick of the week. Con- why don't we start, Connor, with addressing the question directed to you? No, there are no books I want to read. I mean... I, we we talked about this back when I back when I said I wasn't going to read. It. I think I read the first. I definitely read the first issue. I don't know if I read the second one or not. But I'm totally content with be, this being a movie experience, and I don't need I don't need this to happen. I don't need to watch the cartoons. I don't need to, other than one or two exceptions, read any books. I'm completely fine with once a year getting a Star Wars movie, and that's being my Star Wars experience. All right. I don't need this ruined too. I don't need this ruined. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Josh, now that Jason Aaron's moving on, are you going to stick with Kieran on the main book? Because I have had so much fun with Kieran uh, on his other books, and because he seems to be following my rule of not explaining things that I don't need explained, but rather creating new things. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that. I tried to quit him after he left Darth Vader, and then I started reading Afra, and I was like, I'm still having fun with this because it's a whole new set of characters, which let's let's be honest, are much more successful than say Santa from Jason Aaron's run. True, yeah, and I agree with you there. I mean, like we didn't talk about Doctor Afra this week, but it had the murder droids getting their yeah. master unlocked. Like they're now they're they're on their own, which is like I just was like, oh, that's a fantastic yeah. direction to take. You know, and the, and like. The, the really interesting i mean basically it's a han solo chewbacca thing with with uh you know on the opposite side uh with afra and black chrysanthemum or however yeah. you're supposed to say that uh yeah. I, like i'm i'm having fun with all that so i've i've trust in him to do that what will get you to bail is it the battle of tanab is it dantooine is it, or, is it ba- mean, the th- bounty hunter and ord mandel 
I think the creators, like, I think we were pretty safe with Jason. We learned that trust. And I feel the same way with Kieran. It's when they, when they, they start going down list to somebody who doesn't, who doesn't share my sensibility of what that is probably. I don't know that it'll be a moment, but it'll be a tone. And when that tone shifts or is not something that I'm digging, then I'll, I'll, I'll jump ship this. Cause there's been a bunch of other issues that came along with guys who, you know, like Greg, Greg Rucker wrote one and I was like, no, no, I don't need this. Yeah, It didn't work. It's got a, it's, it's a weird, you know, got, it's, it's got a click for some, yeah, it's, it, yeah. there's an alchemy thing to it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 excited for Kieran because just to the point that Josh that you said is that he it looks like he wants to add new things to it. Of course, you know, if you go back and listen to the talks below that I did with him a couple of weeks ago, we talked a little bit about it. And it sounds like he's got really cool plans that kind of tie into the mythology, but continue his kind of approach. And also, I get the sense he's also way more interested in the empire side of things than the re- rebellion side well, of things. That totally makes sense based on his yeah track record yeah. of books. But I'm curious what he does with the Rebel toys now, with that kind of background and that kind of you know that kind of uh, approach to this point. So uh, I'm excited for it, and yeah, I, I dig it. What I want to see, I mean, I, what, what I would want to see is I, I want to see more stories with the characters I care about that feel like they're in character, but to Josh's point earlier, that don't explain stuff that we don't need to have explained. It's, I mean, it is super, like, I, I, I can't articulate what that policy is, but I know it when I see it. Right. And, yeah. and I think we all have different lines about where that is. I think Connor's is very different than mine and very different than Ron's. I think Ron and I are similar, but even though we talked about Star Wars Day, he liked the R2-D2 thing a lot more than I did. Yeah. You know, everybody, it's, every, it's up to everybody to enjoy Star Wars in the capacity and manner <laughs> with which you most feel comfortable. And that right. is a strength of the property. Yeah, exactly. Ron from Texas, which, by the way, is a great image in my head if you just want to go ahead and put that together. <laughs> Not me. No, but if, like, if you I are from you. Texas, this is Dallas Ron variant. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on reaching the 600-episode milestone. Thank God that Serial inspired you to take that chance. You know, we don't give enough credit to Serial. Yeah, and you know. Thanks, guys. For inspiring us to do this 10 years after we started. But... That's important, and I appreciate, Ron, for really giving them the credit they deserve along with the New York Times. I was hoping to hear your thoughts on how Miles Morales is when written by someone other than Bendis. In my opinion, Bendis gives Miles, when dressed as Spider-Man, a way of talking that reads different from Peter Parker when he's dressed as Spider-Man. Their speech patterns tell me it's two different guys and not just one guy with two costumes. However, whenever Miles appears in some other comic, it reads just like Spidey has always talked, which is a disservice to the character. What say you? I have literally thought about this since Miles' creation was first announced way back when. Which is interesting because the knock on Bendis usually is that everybody sounds the same. Yeah, they all sound like him. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's usually the knock on him. So it's interesting that he's saying that. Yeah. This is like the Damien conundrum. There was an annoying moment in, the, in Defenders this week that Bendis gave a, a, a Bendis ism to who was it? Iron, Iron Fist? Iron Fist. Iron um, Fish. Yeah, he says. He said, I, "I know my old sensei used to refer to it as a huge kvetch." Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I really enjoy the Spider-Man book, but I still have yet to find a reason why Miles being in the Marvel universe is beneficial to anybody. I don't know how to answer his question because I don't know that I've read anybody else writing Miles Morales. Really, Ron, are you still reading? Uh, Champions. Champions. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, there's not a lot of differential. I, th- I think when people write Miles as Spider-Man, they think that they can't get their head around that they're not writing Spider-Man. What's that tell you? Right. Yeah. 
like you'd get away with it. Like he'd have a different accent or a voice in a movie or something. So you could give him the same dialogue. But there well, should I mean, the, be... thing, the, thing, the thing about Miles is that you got to lean into the fact that he's a kid and that he's inexperienced yeah. and that, that he lacks confidence. And even in Champions, he's got way more confidence. And even also yeah. Secret Empire and all stuff like that, it's like he's an established, like, hold his own hero with the rest of them. He should be freaking out way more than he actually is. Exactly. I you know what? I don't mind that other than almost more to the other side that if you're doing Peter Parker. Now, at this point, if you're going to take Peter Parker and make him the older guy, make him the older guy. Like yeah. make him the one who but part is. Part of the problem was they 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 got rid of all that stuff to to get rid of him being the older guy. Uh huh. You know they're they're trying to have their cake. They and want him to be the young fucking Spider on fun it. Spider-Man, which is what he should be. The problem is they added an even younger funner Spider-Man, so it makes him feel older by comparison. Yeah, I, I, I mean it's one of the flaws with the dueling hero. Yes. I mean, like yeah. you, you've everybody has two versions, so that nobody's unhappy, and. I I I get it. There's people who like Kate Bishop because they like her because they know her better than the new Clint Barton, with... or they just like her. Yeah, and and yeah. that's fine. It's fair, but I I don't feel that connection because it's like it's replacing something I liked with something I don't care about as much. But they're trying to do both at the same time, and it's it's I don't know. It feels inorganic. It's a hard balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that there hasn't been good stories about all those things. But I don't. I honestly, I don't think that we can even be objective about it. We thought Why? too much. We put in too much time thinking about this. <laughs> well, I think Malcolm Gladwell would, dis- would, would disagree. <laughs> I mean, I think we can we can weigh in on the voice issue. I think Ron's oh, right. Yeah, I think on the voice issue, but I made it into a bigger thing. Yeah, yeah, you made it to a bigger subject. But I think for the voice for the voice issue, I have not noticed. No, I have noticed that he's just written like Spider Man when he's in the other books. Which yeah. Um, but I, again, I don't know why he's in why he's here. Yeah. Well, the, uh, well yeah, I'll tell you something. If he's a kid who grew up in, is he in Queens or Brooklyn or one of those not, places? No, I mean, like he would speak nothing like he speaks. I yeah. mean, have you ever met any kid? I don't care what color they are. In New York City, who is 15 years old, they're not going to talk like like an old Jewish man. Like they're right. not. You know, right. like. Like there's going to be a whole lexicon of stuff, and I think that when they did Ultimate Spider-Man sixteen years ago, seventeen years ago, mm-hmm. Bendis made a real effort to find out what kids were saying and what they're doing. That's over. He's not doing that anymore because if he was to write it that way, every adult would be like, "What the fuck is this kid talking about?" Right. Yeah. So that's a that's a I don't know if it's a problem, but that's a, a difference. It's a thing. Yeah. Like so. it's not. It's, All right. Well, good. Not this is all Serial's fault. Yeah, it's all Serial's fault. Good questions. If you've got any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you let us know who you are, where you're from, uh, and how long you've been thinking about your question, and try to keep it brief. And we let loose two special edition shows for you this week. In fact, on the same day, Ron and I and Ryan Haupt and a little bit of Josh talked about The Tick from Amazon because enough of you wouldn't stop asking, so we talked about The Tick. I'm glad they asked for it because it made me watch it and I enjoyed it and I can't wait for the, for it to come back. We also have the Animation Brain Trust talk about Batman and Harley Quinn. Both those shows came out on Thursday behind this show. They're right behind this show in the feed. You can find them there. Enjoy those. And we have another one coming up uh, soon, don't we? Batman vs. Two-Face is coming up next month. All right. Man, just, they just keep cranking those out, don't well, they? Well, this is the Batman 66 version with William Shatner playing Two-Face in a genius move of casting. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Coming up soon, uh, we're recording next week, Cerebus Volume 3, this Church week, and this State. This week, 
I guess you're right. Sorry. Sometimes we record ahead of the moment that we release it to those of you at home. I hope that doesn't too much behind too much the scenes, process. too much inside of baseball. Josh. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be doing our book explode on uh, Cerebus volume three, which is church and state part two. Now I know that that sounds daunting. If you've never read it, it you're going to be fine. Part one. It's sorry. Church and, yeah. Church and There's state two part one. Church and state part one. Volume, um, volume three, church and state part one. Men and X-Men. It's a 600-page, <laughs> uh, they call them phone books, uh, from Dave Sim, uh, sort of seminal indie comics work. Are we doing the show now? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm just letting people know because okay. I don't want it to be daunting. I want them to be excited about it because I think they, they should be. Um, so that's going to be coming out this week. I believe, I believe we're going to have a special guest. And what you're saying is they should listen even if they haven't read the book because it is an interesting... I think they should. Yeah. I think they should because I don't think it's going to be a thing about us giving away what happens, but talking about a thing that you might have always wondered about and, and wondering if it's right for you. And I think we're going to get to that. And I don't think that we can ruin it, the experience of reading it. That's yeah. what I think. It'll be, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to look forward to it. I'm really looking uh, forward to it. Also, I was able and, to finish. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. I, I, honestly, the, the, uh, the odds on that weren't in your favor. We were a little worried. Yeah. <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favor. Um, so then finally, what is uh, that? We got is that the Hunger Games? Yes. I was really surprised you just made a Hunger Games reference. I'm talking like Miles Morales over here. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we got another comic book movie coming up this month. Uh, the next one is the second Kingsman movie based on the Mark Miller comic. And so I'm going to go see it. I don't know if anybody else is, but we'll, we'll figure out a podcast about it at some point. It comes out in three weeks. Yeah. Connor, are you going to go see it? Can we do that? Can we just agree to that or no? Uh, probably. Okay. Yeah, cool. Probably. I'll probably make that happen. Cool. Look, looking forward to it. In the meantime, head over to ifanboy.com. That's where you can find all the shows we just mentioned. Everything is found at ifanboy.com. We can like our show at facebook.com slash ifanboy and follow us at ifanboy on Twitter. That's where you find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And you can follow us individually at jflang and at ronixo on Twitter and Instagram and C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. This is a show that you like. You can contribute just a little bit by leaving us a review on iTunes or spreading the word or telling somebody about this show who might enjoy it or any of the other shows that we do or even shows we did in the past. You know, one time they did this show on stupid DC supervillains and they laughed and laughed. You should look that up on YouTube. That kind of thing. You can pass links around now, apparently, through social media. Uh, but uh, the folks sound like who Miles do- Morales. I know. I know. <laughs> hey, kids. Um, <laughs> So do that more, please. We always appreciate it when you do. Uh, and thanks to everyone who has. And that will do for this episode of the program. Yes. So until, until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. You are all the ones who are great.